we'll just do a normal, a normie yeah. intro in this one. Sure. Hello, everyone. I'm your talentless hack host, Alex Austin. Get my name right again, motherfucker, and I'll kick you off your show. Also, I'm sitting in your chair. Welcome back to Ronin Geek's official podcast. I'm Geek Movie House. I'm joined tonight by the feminist warlord, the fucking everybody's goth mom, Nintendo Geek. Hello. The deadliest DM himself, Plebeian Adam, catching his breath. Caught completely off guard. If you're not used to it, I'm uh, your host over at Raised by Spoilers, and now this is my show, because that's what we do. Tonight, we're surrounded by the Raised by Spoilers crew as we take you for a little spin around fantasy land as the state of fantasy TV shows are cracked open. So I gave I even even gave you an intro. I'm like, I was going to call you the Gilded Beard. Oh, wow. But no, yours is better. I like it. I'm, it's going. It's going in the show. No, we can do it. We'll do a proper one. No, no, no. That's one. it. That's no, because I don't need to call them out. It's totally done. We're gonna do a proper one, please. I'll get all the sillies out. Come on, let's do a proper one. <laughs> I, you know, I recorded that. I know you did. I have the power. To I put was it in. waiting because you're like, don't worry, I'll introduce you, and we'll just do a proper easy, uh, easy glide show. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Whatever you say, bud. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't want to fuck that up. I had I like macaroni that. and cheese for lunch today. What did you have, Adam? <laughs> Let's do a restart. <laughs> okay, we all got the giggles out. Let's have it. Is it headphones on? Hit play. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I, the problem is I can't beat that now. <laughs> yeah, you can. Just do the fucking show. Welcome to Ronin Geek Official Podcast. I've got to try and beat Rich at his own intro. Because today, I don't just have myself. I don't have Alex. What I do have is the gearded, gilded beard himself. The gilded beard. By Raised by Spoilers. Oh, wow. Our own host from Raised by Spoilers. Rich from Geek Movie House. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, if you find my voice annoying, I'm taking over all the shows, so... It's too bad. Who else do we have with us, Adam? Today we've also got, she puts the war in feminism. The feminist warlord, Amanda. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. I do like that it's a warlord. Wouldn't it be like a war, what's, what's a war, war lady? War lady feminist? Uh, I think warlord could be either or. Yeah. It's not like major wizard or witch or anything like that. It's just I conqueror. I mean, if uh, Peppermint Patty can be called Sir. Oh, there you go. I think I could be called a warlord. God Thank damn. you very much. Fair God. enough. Fair enough. Damn. Today, we're going to take ourselves down a little journey, not of sci-fi, not of common modern, but we want to talk about fantasy shows that have come out this year. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Last year was an interesting ride through fantasy. We've gotten a lot more than I think normally we would. Yeah. A lot of older ones coming back. Yep. And I think that's an interesting time to look back at it and see where we are. Where's the state of fantasy? Has it improved? Has it gone bad? Have we been affected by things in a negative or positive light? I think that's where we kind of want to go with this. Yeah. Where are we at and where are we headed kind of thing? Yeah. So I don't know how, I don't know how many of the stuff we're going to talk deeply about, but I do want to give spoiler alerts for things like Legends of Vox, Rings of Power, Game of Thrones, uh, Dark Material, Sandman. 
Uh, I don't think we have much on Dragon Age Absolution, but uh, Witcher Blood Origins, Dota Dragon's Blood, and Willow. Just in case, we're just putting that out there. In case you don't want to hear anything about it, you want to go watch them yourselves. We'll start with that. I think uh, plot-wise, we're going to try to avoid, but for the most part, mm -hmm. it's just kind of giving our... We're tossing a coin at some of these fantasy shows just to kind of see which ones we really liked and didn't like. Yes. So, uh, let's start. What is fantasy? That is a deep question that I just argued with Plubby and wife Amanda last night deeply. Yeah. Right, is this a ever... question to me? Why not, man? Oh, I'm starting it off. Um, I, the, the argument I made was fantasy, the only rules that defines it as fantasy okay. is that it must have a strong, uh, magic must play a strong role, okay. whether it's in a plot point or powers in the world, uh, you know, just could be arbitrary, like a MacGuffin type thing, Sure, but it must play a role. Okay. Um, and it must involve some type of, uh, I, I don't want to say fantasy, but some type of monsters that you wouldn't find here. Okay. Could be werewolves, but, and something you wouldn't find in the normal world. Okay. Um, could be mythical in some way if you wanted to. Um, and it must involve, um, non planetary human races. Okay. So it okay. doesn't necessarily have to be orcs or elves, but it definitely has to be something that's not just human. Sure. Sharing a, a planet and a, and a civilization with, you know, other races. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I like that. Amanda, you agree? Uh, yeah, that pretty much checks all the boxes. Yeah. yeah and then dragons are a plus. Dragons are Wires. a plus. Dragons are a plus. Daemons are a plus. Yeah. Even though half the dragons that show up are not dragons, but wyverns. wyverns. The fucking wyverns. You've heard yeah. it here first, folks. <laughs> it's wing watch with wyvern spotting yeah. on fucking Game of Thrones. So uh, I agree with you. I, I honestly, um, I feel like we're in that sweet spot too, where uh, you, you, drift, you drift slightly into science fiction and science fantasy uh, as soon as we start introducing the steampunk approach. Yeah. Right. And uh, we'll get into dark materials, but they have airships and was. Yeah. And it's cool. And then we get into Carnival Row and there's trains yeah, and all of this. Yeah. Shit, but there's also yeah. that sweet spot of science, fantasy, science fiction, and even steampunk. There's a lot of subgenres and you can mix yeah. and match. And it's, it's a gradient. But yeah. I think if you're defining the one side of that, you know, line, that's where we define right. it. Which also brings us to high fantasy and low fantasy. Speaking of which, let's start off with Amazon. So the beginning of the year started off a little strong for animation with the crowdfunded uh, Grand Slam of the Legends of Vox Machina. Critical Roles, uh, kickstarted yeah. animated series, bringing their season one campaign to life. Well, life again uh, <laughs> in order to cash in those fucking bucks and uh, really capitalize on merchandise as we got the first taste of the Briarwood Arc and Legends of Vox Machina getting a season two and three, apparently maybe a fourth, depending. I hope so. Um, mm -hmm. But what do we all think of Vox Machina? More critical role in the future? This is on you. It was really good because I, I didn't get to watch the entire arc as it was happening on like their, their live stream of their original campaign. There's a lot of episodes. There's a lot. Yeah. I think we jumped into even the D&D &D universe, like playing D&D, &D, and that was already an established game going on. So we kind of jumped in like halfway through, if not later, I think. So it was nice to see like, you know, because I know the gist of the story, but it was nice to see it like, you know, in animation. It was a good introduction to people who might not play D&D. &D. It was pretty accurate. 
Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah. a fun D&D cartoon. It was cartoon. very fun, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was interested in. I've never, I can't say I've never watched Critical Role, sure. but it's small snippets here and there, short clips, things yeah. like that. Never a full picture. Mm-hmm. So you guys came into this when you were introduced to D&D yeah. and Critical Role. You came into this story sort of arc halfway. Or something I had like started that. listening to it when I first started at work. So because the idea of it it being a three to four hour episode, I would put it on right after lunch being like, well, when I'm done critical role, I get to, I'm out of here. You're Mm -hmm. going home. I'm going home. So it was perfect. Uh, And I remember watching the Vecna fight with you. Oh yeah. We, which was live on and like, holy shit kind of thing. And you weren't really invested yet or getting into it, but it was enough of there's something here Mm -hmm. and it was, it's, it's awesome. And what was, it's great to go back and look at, especially because of how uh, big that company and those people have grown or their influence on the, uh, the industry is you go to those early episodes and they're in a spare room. They're on a, uh, some rickety ass Costco tables. <laughs> yeah. Mercer is drawing his maps. He's using fucking pretzels and Skittles mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't have a budget. And Geek and Sundry is kind of like, good luck. They just right? needed Figure it, it out. to fill time. Right. They did. They, need, they yeah. needed to put something, something on, on Twitch. To generate revenue. Yeah, and they were literally in like the, the unused conference room. Yes. At the time. Of Geek and Sundry. Yeah, when Twitch was just starting to come up too as a uh, streaming platform. So they didn't really know what they had yeah. until I think they started getting more bigger names on the show. And maybe with more sponsors, they started going more into like the yeah. the mainstream. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I think we this is a banger. It. it was a banger. It's a banger. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And I think as people who play D&D, this to me felt like a microcosm of even my games mm-hmm. where it feels like characters comedically failing upwards. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then moments of very serious emotion. Rushing into situations unprepared. Yeah. Uh, and, not necessarily all getting along. Yeah. And the soundtrack And weirdly flat. not connecting. Yeah. Like no. the characters, they all connect, but they all feel very separate of each other, which yeah. is very D&D-esque. Uh, it's great yeah. soundtrack, great animation. As someone who's a stickler for animation, I think we'll talk about at some time. It's a great, clear yeah. animation. They know yep. where to put their money's worth. Um, I, I Honestly, it's probably was my favorite show of the year. That's awesome. Without um, a doubt. What I will ask, though, because you guys both watch a lot of anime, um, did you notice how they animate dragons? Mm-hmm. Where it's a little bit more of that CGI or there's an extra couple frames put in? Yes. Is oh, that yeah. a normal thing? It's or is a- that when they hyper-focus on something that almost feels like it's drawn uh, afterwards. It tends to be like the big money shots is they do the computer animation on top of the like traditional animation. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't so much that it was distracting. Uh much like the new age of anime sometimes that they do now is all computer and it's just it's just I don't really I'm not a big fan you of You don't that. jive with it, eh? No. Yeah, going off a little bit there, I, I agree. That's part of the reason I had a struggle with, uh, there's a Berserk series that yeah. did it in that style, yeah. and I struggled with that. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. It's one of those things where they want to animate the dragons or these creatures, these big creatures, very vividly. Yeah. And it's really hard to do that by hand. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they, they'll inject a 3D environment or a 3D monster that they can just put in and animate a bit better. The problem is, is sometimes it feels like it doesn't jive. So the Berserk movies you mentioned real quick, mm-hmm. there's the first three Golden Arc uh, that are on Netflix right now mm-hmm. uh, and Crunchyroll. They're fantastic, but at a midway point, they get a little bit more money. Oh. And that's when they start introducing stuff in animation. And it's a little bit more of the sword play and fights. Okay. Then there is a new series that came out in 2010s-ish mm-hmm. where it is almost fully CGI. 
And that's where it gets choppy. But that's what, what they, I'm talking about. What they end up doing with that series is it's almost frame for frame from the manga. Oh, which is really nice because they had kind of highlight those like epic shots mm -hmm. that were the double the full splash page. Yeah. I uh, call it the Zack Snyder frames. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe Netflix right now has the 97 version, the original, which was all hand drawn. Oh, nice. Uh, which is less CGI and a little bit more in the vein of Vampire Hunter D, but also it, it is just the Golden Age arc. Okay. Of the uh, less remaster, and it's just kind of one chunk. Maybe I'll check out that one. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's really cool. Um, Critical Role, fucking Legends of Vox Machina. Uh, we loved it. I can't wait to see where the story... I mean, I know where the story goes as a fan. <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, it was. I felt like a little kid. I'm not going to lie. I got up. Uh, it was the Friday morning and the Thursday yeah. morning. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's three episodes. We're going to watch them all right now. And I was fucking giddy. And yeah. the theme song hit. And I'm like, wow, cool. Just cool, man. Yeah. Just really cool. And it, it really came together really well. And if you haven't seen it, if you don't really play D&D, but you like fantasy uh, anime or even just the uh, critical or the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the 80s. Yeah. there It hits such a weird little sweet spot of adventure. Yeah, and I also fun. get the Saturday morning kids cartoon. It reminds me of mm -hmm. Avatar, yeah. the last airbender. So it is also has that American Saturday morning feeling, but for adults. Well, I think it yeah. was it was uh Cartoon Hangover. No, it was uh who did it? Titmouse. Well, yeah, I've never Titmouse, heard of them. Titmouse had done it and they had worked a bunch of uh, tons of that stuff. Yeah, that makes but, yeah. sense. But to me, if you liked if you were nostalgic towards a time that is Saturday morning cartoons, yeah. this to me felt like that, but for adults. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Which is perfect. It's exactly what I want. Well, yeah, absolutely. they open like drinking and partying in a bar, and then they start fighting and swearing, and yeah. there's yeah. like people getting thrown across the room, and it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, no, this is like this happened. Yeah. And you can you can really tell, like, without there being dice rolls, when somebody goes to hit and they just critically fail yes and it's like oh they rolled a one or like oh they rolled a nat 20 they are now like out in the street because they got thrown through the window you know <laughs> yeah. so it's cool you can they they made the nuance of it where you know you're not stopping to be like oh i'm gonna cast this it's like no it just happens yes and you can imagine like the dice roll in the background from the show yeah there's yeah. almost a smile and wink at the camera without them overly <laughs> explaining the rules yes mm -hmm. which brings me to another smile and wink at the camera Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about another Amazon show. If we could make a little segue here. Uh, the most expensive show ever made. <laughs> the one that forgot to hire writers. <laughs> the Rings of Power. How do we all feel about it? I'll start this one. Please. Um, it felt gorgeous. Um, I, you guys know I, we watch movies here, so I, I like to have a nice TV with good settings. I change my settings to be to utmost perfection as best I can. Are you talking about Raised by Spoilers? Yes, I'm talking oh about Raised God. by Spoilers. You guys should check out Raised by Spoilers, by the way, on the other channel. Continue. Yeah, it, I'd like to you know get settings just right to vivid colors and all that fun jazz. Um, and because of that, this was a gorgeous show. Yeah. Like, visually mesmerizing. Yeah. You're right. The writing was weak. Um, I think it understood Lord of the Rings better than, say, the Hobbit movies did by a large mile. That is a whole conversation. We'll Ooh, get into the Har Hobbit. Like Harvey Weinstein and yeah. how yeah. The Hobbit fucked up the Hobbit thing was. That, that gets yeah. deep. It does. Yeah, that's like um, continue, episode. Though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, you're absolutely. It's deep enough. It could be. So the point is, is I think they got the ideology of hope versus despair, which is a large portion of the dialogue of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 
Um, I think they got that okay and that right, but I felt there were some things missing. There were some things I clearly liked more than others. The Durin, um, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Vigo, not Vigo Mortensen's character. Uh, oh my God, Elrond. Elrond. Uh, uh, Durin and Elrond's character. Yeah. I thought their relationship was building very well. The boys. Points. The, the boys. The whole time. You want them to be together. You just want these fun little adventures. Yeah, exactly. But then there are other things that I think were just horribly weak. Uh, a good spoiler addition is what's uh, the, the army, Numenorean army just showing up to the Southlands out of nowhere. All of it sounded weird and convoluted and yeah. way too quickly. I, I can't, I, I can't say it was the worst show I've ever seen this year, but it definitely um, d- didn't feel right in all the wrong, in all the, the correct ways. Right. So the issue you mentioned writers, the, the two writers literally uh, <laughs> hadn't done anything else. This is no. their first, literally, look at the IMDb. Uncredited for Star Trek, they have only done this, both of them. This is a X billion dollar show? Wow, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, they literally, uh, it's Patrick McKay and John D. Payne. They each wrote six episodes, or they, they both wrote on it, but they literally have no IMDb presence as writers prior to this. It's interesting because there's a topic later on we're going to come up that has a very similar history. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and they fired all the Tolkien historians for getting in the way. Yeah. See, I get the idea of <laughs> so. not having only having rights to the appendices, not touching the Similarian, yeah, uh, or the Simmerals, and only having the short stories to kind of work with. Oh boy. Oh yeah. boy. I mean, it kind of felt hollow. There was a lot of these. I mean, granted, let's cut a some slack filmed mm-hmm. over COVID. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. uh, hurdles. There were a lot of what the fuck are we going to do? Uh, a lot of it was filmed in parking lots. Spoilers. Uh, that's just how movies are made. Uh, that's how a lot of Lord of the Rings original. Right. Was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that being said, though, a lot of green screen. Yeah. And when the problem with a lot of green screen is that looks empty. If there's nothing going on and you, they've openly seen shots where they just keep reusing the same, they just kind of Photoshop more people in to (laughs) keep using those crowds. And I understand when Helm's Deep went down, they didn't get that many extras to be out there. They they green screen those people in, the the orcs in and shit. But it just, for the most expensive show, looks and feels cheap. And they jump to conclusions. And then when you actually have the... The the uh, the twists, we'll say it just feels. <laughs> it's hard. It's just oh my god! You See, roll your eyes. It's well, hard to kind of be yeah. like. And then he said, "I am the darkness," and you're like, "What <laughs> the fuck is going on?" One thing that I can say is I enjoyed uh, for whatever Hal reason brand and all that. Yeah, like, I don't know why I enjoyed it. I can't put my finger on like a lot of the times when I do critiques and I do reviews, I can tell you exactly the things I liked and mechanically why it works. This one, I enjoyyed the who done it because I I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the concept. There isn't of, a fucking who done it. Spoilers, it's Saruman. Well, well, no, it's it's Sauron. Sure, God, come on, come on. <laughs> is he is he not Gandalf? Is pretty much the fucking story. Okay, that, here yeah, the that show. was the question. Who is Sauron and who is Gandalf? Right. I, the is thing it is, the is, guy carving the Gandalf symbol in everything he touches? Like, well, it's not just that. It's to me, I, I because I'm someone who knows the Silmarillion fairly yeah. well and the story. I knew that. Okay. At the end of this, they're going to reveal which one of these people are Sauron because mm-hmm. Sauron touched all these different things. Yeah. 
And I thought the, I always, whenever I read the Silmarillion and, and, and invoked it, it always felt weird that Sauron could pull off these great feats of deception. Because mm-hmm. you think, well, these people should be able to figure out this right, guy Sauron. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, in this case, I felt at the end, that, okay, by the end, I knew who he was. Yep. But throughout most of the episodes, yeah, I was flip-flopping. Yeah. Right. And I I enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it, that I couldn't actually tell who it was. And at the end of it all, when they did reveal it, I felt there were a few um, uh, extraneous, like, okay, how did you get there? Jumps, leaps, and Little bounds. jumps and leaps. But yeah. it wasn't enough that it threw me off. I still went, oh, this makes sense. I felt relieved. I felt uh, like I enjoyed the journey. But you're right. It didn't feel X billion dollars worth of journey. Like, I think when we figured out who it was, was uh, when they were working on the tower and they first started trying to do the rings that I mentioned, like, oh, he's a blacksmith. And then you're like, hold the phone. And then we went back and remembered the first episode where the mark was on an anvil, like up in the mountains. Yes. And it's like, oh, blacksmith. Oh, shit. And then that was the episode where she... like We called it before it happened. Yeah. Like the episode of it happening. Because yeah. it's like, wait a minute, we connected these dots. And it's like, holy shit, like that was clever. Yeah. I knew that, but I, I still flip-flopped a bit. I'm like, I don't know. There was times where I thought, that's too obvious, but are they playing with my obviousness? Right. I felt like they were playing with me, and I kind of enjoyed <laughs> being played with. Sure. I think <laughs> the takeaways here, loved everybody that casted. Oh, they were great. Young Gandalf's hot. I'll say <laughs> it. Uh, the hobbits, or, sorry, the harefoot people. Are lovely. The, the dwarf, Harfoots. Har- Harfoot, the Harfoot people are lovely. We'll see the leader uh, of the Harfoot. The later. dwarf people are incredible. Oh, they were the they Every, stole the show. Uh, uh, Gimli, yeah. what was his, uh, Doran's wife? Durin. Durin's, Durin's, oh yeah, Durin's she was wife amazing. She was stole amazing. the fucking show. Oh, it's honestly 2022 year of the dwarf people. It's My fantastic. favorite episode. There is just... were when Elrond was going back and forth with with him, and like there was a cool dynamic there. Right. Like okay, yeah. there's some chemistry the, happening right. here. Yeah. The argument I really have, uh, which, I mean, we can talk about Critical Role being this uh, animated show, but there was still quiet moments. I think Matt Colville calls it out in one of his videos with Rings of Power where he says, they don't take enough time Mm -hmm. to drink beer and eat sandwiches. And you Mm -hmm. see this because you look at Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship, for instance, and they're boys. The conversations they're having back and forth when the hobbits are in the Shire and when the hobbits are leaving the Shire are very reminiscent of, I watched Token last night, it's on Disney, it's kind of slow, is very reminiscent of young British men about to go to World War I, Mm -hmm. right? And they're taking their time to drink beer and eat sandwiches. We're going on a great adventure. What do you think is going to happen when we get back? Oh, they'll carry us on their shoulders like it's a fucking parade. Like There is this quiet moment of, this is where they're at. This is what their Wednesday night looks like. This is what their Thursday night looks like. This is what their Friday night. This is just who they are. And you get that briefly with Halbrand because he's eating a lovely plate of seafood and bread and wine. Yeah. And then they come and beat him up and he's like, I want to be a blacksmith. I want to just chill the fuck out on this island. I don't need to go back. Yep. But I can corrupt these men. I yes. can corrupt Numenor. Yeah. Which is his play, right? Because then he can go in with ships and take over. Yep. But... They didn't take the time. And yeah. it's what the argument, I think, for a lot of these shows, especially for how expensive they are, isn't that we should throw more money for CGI. It's not that they don't look good. It's that they need another episode. 
Mm-hmm. They need another fifteen minutes. Are you saying they need on. like a beach episode? Not not necessarily <laughs> a beach <laughs> episode. No, everyone has like but, relaxes, like you said, and takes a minute to just be instead of the overarching like plot line and doom and gloom. Well, that was the thing because it felt like big empty rooms where characters are being told instead of shown. Mm-hmm. And as viewers were being told, hey, this is a really cool thing. And this really cool thing happened 500 years ago. And it's really cool. Instead of showing us the painting or the mural or whatever, or the sword or whatever the fuck it was. And then the next thing is we are running. Yeah. We are running to the next plot point. The whole season just felt running from one point to another point mm-hmm. to another point. And this is Amazon. This was Amazon's war horse. This they was could the, have did this in two seasons. They could have done this in two seasons. And just drew it out and made it like more tension and more. I or think better if, yet, just more episodes in a single season. Because I would have felt, uh, I would have felt, um, bet- not betrayed, but let down. Or I call it being losted. Being losted uh, from the show, obviously where you're let on and you don't get answers by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I always need at least some type of mini story that's closed by the end of the season. I would have rathered one season broken up, six episodes in the beginning, six episodes and two months later. That's mm-hmm. fine by me. Right? It's eight episodes long. Yeah, that's fine by me. Make it ten, five and five. Right? It's Come funny. back in two months at the beginning of the summer, end yeah. of the summer. We know we're going to get you in September because stuff's going to slow down. But they're going to lose half the viewers because then they don't want to... A hype train. Yeah. They have to get but it They were losing hot. viewers as the episodes were coming out week to week because you weren't binge watching it like a mm-hmm. Netflix series. True. You were... This show's not digging me. I don't feel like I'm going to come back. Oh, we yeah, because it was people, coming out every week. It was. Yeah. It was so, coming yeah. out every week. It wasn't mm-hmm. the Netflix model where they were just dropping it all at once. People were talking about it. It was the biggest thing, and then mm-hmm. they forgot about it. They dragged it out like Disney, which is a problem sometimes because now we have time to talk about it and complain instead of going, <laughs> you know, the middle of it was kind of crap, but you know what? The whole thing, wow, what a fun ride. Do you know what's also very interesting is – there, there were some studies done with people's memory and how they watch shows and right. remember the shows and enjoy the shows. Statistically speaking, those who watch a show week to week to week, so one episode a week, yeah. generally rate shows higher than if they binged it mm. or watched it month to month to month. Right. So I think the week to week to week is A, a combination of subscriptions. Right. And second of all, a combination of keeping the hype train going. And it's generally gets you a higher rating overall. Well, they also stagger it, right? So a show like Willow will take two, three months because Willow started in November. Mm. Willow's still going. So if you want to keep watching Willow, that's three months Mm-hmm. Of subscriptions. Yeah, you're yeah. not just going to binge it and then you don't get start on the free, it. Free when you look trial. at those release calendars, you don't start it at the beginning of the month and you know it's going to end. Because yeah. I have, we, my parents were, oh, we'll watch that one show on Netflix and then get the free trial and cancel it. Yes, we don't have to stick with it. I think you're right. And I also kind of argue like Witcher season two. People didn't like season two, but also they came off of it going, yeah, that was all right. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't like the middle or they didn't like how it end, but they liked the journey. Yeah. And there's a few episodes because it's the Witcher that they're kind of just expecting like, ah, you know what? Season three better be phenomenal. Yeah. But they're going to watch all of season three to they're make not sure it go, catches back up. You can give someone a break right. if they fail a season two. They, fl- you know, they do a season right. one pretty good. They flounder a bit. You're like, okay, there's still redemption time. But for people to watch 
a, a season of a show in two nights or a one night thing. Like we watched season one of the season one and season two of the Witcher in like one sitting. Cause it was just like, let's oh, yeah. go. Well, we I watch- love this ride. Oh, we're jumping. We're jumping. We'll talk about that. Well, but we we're watched- just talking about the releases. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll binge it just so it doesn't get spoiled. Cause right. like I find if a show is coming out, you can't go anywhere near Twitter. Cause immediately after someone's going to be posting spoilers like as soon as like an hour after it comes out. Yeah. All I'll say is I second that hardcore. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So like I need to watch it just so I don't get it spoiled, especially like the hell Lord of the Rings. Like, you know, it came out months ago and I know we said a spoiler warning, but like, yeah, like if you knew from the beginning that he is Sauron Hellbrand, then you're going to treat that character different the whole time. Yeah. Where you kind of get invested in him and you kind of like him and he's cool. And then it's like, oh, but he's evil. But like, is that hot? I don't know. <laughs> right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So honestly, <laughs> the week to week versus the binging also, can be a problem. Kind of looks like Joey Beatty a little bit. Like he did a, a little I don't bit. Know who Joey Beatty. Uh, J- Yasker. Oh, Yasker. Okay. We'll get to he kind of looked like an off-brand of Joey Beatty. So it's like I see what they're kind of trying to do here. But I like, get it. But it convolutes, He's a good-looking guy. It convolutes yeah. the story. And the the <laughs> thing is, is if you're you're saying we have nothing to do with the Peter Jackson films. But mm-hmm. by the way, we're going to reference and wink at the camera anytime someone does something from the Peter Jackson films. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like. A fellowship. You can't see, but I'm winking. But really in this hard. universe, <laughs> and I know there's like separate timelines, but in this universe, they Celeborn died. Right. And in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Celeborn is still very much alive in Galadriel, Galadriel's husband. Oh, Celeborn. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in this one, it's like, yeah, she mentioned that he died in like the war, like back home. And that's why she's like so vindictive and, al- and alone like she i don't think she will get married again or da-da-da. i thought she meant that to be her brother not her husband no she the they did mention that Kelborn died oh i didn't on the quest that. hunting sauron i yeah. could have sworn she was talking about her brother her brother died yes, because yes, yes. of sauron but also his her husband died too oh it was like yeah. one line and then never really went back to it oh because yeah, i'm okay. like wait Kelborn is in the trilogy like yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He we all know up. he's there. But yeah. there's a weird, I think there's a separate timeline that was going on depending on the Similarian or something. Well, it's different convoluted things. But mm-hmm. speaking of Similarian, everybody wanted a Similarian this year as we dive deep into the prequel series and moving on, we're going to talk about House of the Dragon. Yeah. So I, we just started it. What do you, okay, Rich, you haven't started one yet. We are four episodes deep. I, how many episodes are there in total? Do you? I think you it's 10. It's, game, it's a Game know. of Thrones show. It's either uh, they, 10 or 8. Okay. So you're about half, you're about somewhere in the realm of halfway, just shy. Halfway. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah. This is like spoiler territory for us. So. So I'll be careful what I say. Yeah. Basically, um, they're trying to, he just told her, his daughter, you can go find your own husband. And because oh. he's still, their, their second child has been born yet. Their little boy just turned two. They the had the hunt. The king has two fingers. Yeah. He lost his fingers. Right. Okay. Um, so the hunt episode. It's funny that that's kind of a, like you can, how deteriorated the king is tells you <laughs> yeah. how far along in the series you are. Uh, we basically got to the the hunt is the last episode we've seen. Oh, right, right. So did you guys see the huge pillar of fire at the hunt? He was standing in front of a big fire. Yeah, it was the like pyre. A, the pyre. Yeah, yeah. That was an yeah. awesome pyre. <laughs> he threw the wine in it after. And he yes. Like, yeah. So beautiful show. Oh, amazing. HBO does an incredible job of blending CG and practical sets. Yes. Uh, and that's funny to come off of Lord of the Rings, where it feels empty. Where this is despite, It feels like a green screen. Right. It feels like a green it screen. It feels like Photoshop art. Yes. <laughs> um, the thing is, my takeaway with Game of Thrones, whether you like it, hate it, uh, you have, Railroad Martin's a little funny sometimes, and a lot of people get turned off with the uh, treatment or brutality towards women, yeah. uh, the violence. 
Uh, I know the first episode had the whole birth thing, and that really kind of people were like, "Nope, fucking, I oh, don't miss Game of Thrones." Scene? Yeah, that there's was a, a lot. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that I could see would piss a lot of people off. The other thing I'll say about Game of Thrones is, God damn, does this world feel lived in? Oh yeah. God damn, did they spend the money? Mm-hmm. Even if it is just like we're in France or Spain and we're filming castles. Yeah. Like beautiful, beautiful. The costume work is stunning. Uh, these wide shots of the just a fucking forest. Yeah, beautiful. Like the show itself is great. Um, we're about halfway through. Matt Smith is a fucking gem. I'm so uh, happy he's getting I here. I like him. I hate I his fucking him. wig. It just reminds me of uh, <laughs> it, ju- it. His wig is so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. I completely agree. Uh, Matt Smith himself, though, uh, really just reminds me of a character from a Michael Moorcock series of Elric of Melbournea or Mel Nibine. Sorry, I always pronounce it wrong. Mel Nibine, where it is a pale blonde uh, albino prince in fucking black dragon armor with a sword uh, stormbringer it's or soul much, eater. That's and pretty much it's just, Well, yeah, and the whole premise of sto- uh, like the Elric of Mel- Menibene storyline is like this prince who has to do drugs to stay alive like a witcher and his uncle wants the Emerald Throne. Wait, did this come out before and there's Game of Thrones? Dragon was Riders, and there's sea mazes, and it's Michael Moorcock is fucking wild, and everyone needs to read Michael Moorcock this year. All of his stuff just got re-released and republished through Audible and Amazon and all of that stuff. Interesting. It came out in like the sixties. Oh, so do you think 50s. that it's all pulp adventure and everyone, everyone, Neil Gaiman, uh, Railroad Martin, fucking everybody who's touched any sort of fantasy is like, oh yeah, read Moorcock. Like tokens fun, but if you want to like smoke a joint and get wild, this Moorcock is where people were in. He wrote, uh, he wrote songs for. Oh my god, I'm, I'm uh, I gotta I gotta come back to it. I'm getting too excited over Moorcock. <laughs> he was in bands. He was in all kinds of shit. It was just fucking awful. He, now one, he was super influential. One thing I do have to say about Games of Thrones, or yeah, I guess, bring me back. Bring me back. of the dragons yeah. is. I felt, and maybe you haven't felt this yet, is that there's a lot of timeline skips. We yeah. are just jumps. about to do our first jump. Oh, okay. There's there's a, there's multiple of them. That's okay. And I feel like there's changes that happen between those. And what happens, there are certain characters that dramatically change mm-hmm. from one jump to another. And while that's fine, because in the, you know, the decade or something that they jump or just yeah. shy a decade... Characters do change. Sure. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But as viewers, it feels jarring to have a character have such a strong opinion. And then the next episode is a you know five-year jump. And then that character drastically changes their opinion on that topic. As viewers, it feels jarring. I think interesting. the one Very episode, I think it just the, the fourth one we just watched, literally from one scene to another, it's like, well, two years is now what happened. The, the child is now two yeah. and she's pregnant again. And it's like, it was literally one scene to the next. It jumped. Yes. I feel like. And you it's guys, like, oh, okay. And that drove a sense of writing that I think while I enjoyed the writing, I enjoyed the characters and the growth and the changes of them. There was something that was jarring in the, oh, why does this character suddenly believe? It? And then you realize it's a time jump. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, they clearly changed their mind in those years. Yeah. But because you weren't there to experience it, it feels jarring. It feels broken. It feels unexpected. I feel the the difference between that and writing wise is you are now writing stuff for your characters to do in that time mm-hmm. instead of just having the natural flow. Yeah. Um, because then all of a sudden we're in a season where nothing happens. 
Oh, for sure. Right. And the time jump is like, hey, uh, we're going to do like three seasons of a show in one. And yeah. we're going to get to the, the, the meat and potatoes because this is what people want. Well, you can't right? have Let's another. Let's go. Dragon fight, battle, politics. Dragon fight, politics. Maybe a boob. Keep moving HBO. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like for real, right? Because yeah. as long as we have like this huge monolith of Game of Thrones and the letdown of an ending to some people's yeah. perspective and uh, opinion. Most, I think most. Most people. I still thought beautiful show. Yes. Beautiful costume work. Music mm-hmm. killer. The people who worked on it seemed like they loved the aspects of it, though everyone's probably got some wild stories working on that show for the last five, six, seven, How? ten years kind of yeah. thing. But I just think that the if I'm going to be fair to review it, mm-hmm. while I did enjoy watching, I did end up bitching, I didn't think I'd like it. Yeah. But as I watched the first episode, I was like, okay, I'm interested in the second. And then that and then fucking the theme song yeah. hits. Oh, that and theme that song hits and you're like, fuck, I'm back. Fuck yeah. I'm back. I didn't <laughs> want to be back and I'm in. <laughs> It's got me. Uh, but at the same time, I do have to give props where there are, it's not perfect. Okay. It's not a perfect show. Um, and that's mostly in that jarring character changes. Yeah. Everything else I think is pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, everyone's been really well too with their acting portrayal. Like everyone is like on like to the T yeah. of their character and like unapologetically so. Yeah. There's a weird sweet spot where we kind of both look at each other back and forth where it's like, I like everyone, but I also sort of don't trust anyone. No. And I know that's yeah. Game of Thrones, but I like that weird, like, Ooh, who's playing the game? Cause it's good to be back. And, and it's it weird that even say Matt, uh, Matt Smith's yeah. Prince Damien is clearly set up in the first few seasons as eight or first few episodes as a monster of a character. Right. Mm-hmm. But you do end up growing to, I don't know if it's a respect, but understanding. It's oh, the yeah. understanding. You know what he's trying to do. And like, we just watched the episode where he stormed the beach alone, where it's like, he would rather die than accept help. Yes. And he would, and he's like, okay, this is my motivation. Now I'm going to go do the thing and then get respect back because his army was kind of crumbling. But that's yeah. also where he fails in politics because as soon as he's away, everyone's plotting against him. Yes. Yeah. Which is a weak spot, which is so interesting. Because even in the beginning with Rhaenyra, where they're like, well, you should pick this guy because we need to not piss off his house. And she openly goes, do any of these guys have combat experience besides oh, like uh, playing with knight. swords? Yes. Do any of these knights have any, know anything? And they go, well, no, you need to pick this. You need to pick that uh, Sir Cole or else. And she's like, fuck that. I want a guy who know who I want a guy who's killed someone yes. to protect me, not yeah. someone who's, you know, swung a pool noodle. Yes. So also, there's a weird shift. It's it's interesting. I've also got to give huge props to uh Graham McTavish playing Sir Harold Westerling. I've watched him in Outlander. Oh, he's great. That guy plays the same character as far as I can tell most of the time. And I'm just so jealous of this man. Older he's an older gentleman. He also plays Dijkstra. He also plays Dijkstra, yeah. yeah. I am so jealous of this man's beard and <laughs> old age looks. Swagger. Swagger of his old age. Swagger. Oh my God, what a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but any other closing thoughts uh, on uh, this is a Game of Thrones? Well, we kind of we kind of giggled at the beginning when it was, uh, had the text come up. And it's like, this is uh, just, you know, bringing up the timeline of where this is in correlation to the new, the, the original show. And it's like, this is 172 years before Daenerys became whatever of this. And then it just said everything faded to black except for 172 years before Daenerys. And it's like, I, I get it. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks for throwing There's a couple callbacks and there's yeah. a couple like, did you see? It was just see? a little silly how they did it. I think it was nice that they, because like, listen, 
they want to make sure that people know how his story and everyone knows the name Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all they had to say was Daenerys minus a hundred something years. Yeah. 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 Well, to really set the tone. I mean, shit. When you look at the last, uh, the first episode, the way the first episode ends, when they like, well, you know, it's a song and ice and fire. Yeah. There needs like, to be a Targaryen on the throne. And oh, it's like, holy shit. Oh, boy. Now knowing like just... how it, how it all plans out with the beginning of the first season being like her just on this desolate, uh, like other side of the continent. Yeah. It's yes. like, Hey, but how, and how, how is she going to get to the throne? Yes. To fulfill the prophecy, to do all this. And it is neat. It's a little handholdy and it's a little on the nose, but mm-hmm. I still enjoy it because it's fantasy. And sometimes it just doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a dark show, but you know, it's game of Thrones. You it's get okay to know for. where it's going. And as yeah. long as you enjoy the, the go. how we got there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I want to do an honorable mention to his dark materials. Cause they are, they finished their final season. Uh, that's a huge book series for a lot of people growing up. In fact, it was the opposite of Harry Potter because, uh, <laughs> it, the author himself was very much, uh, an atheist. And, uh, those books tend to be banned in a lot really? of places. Yeah. You can't read them in a lot of Catholic schools because, uh, because, <laughs> That makes me but, wish I read them in my Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the opposite of Harry Potter in a weird way. Um, it's uh, it's quite fun. How is that the opposite? Because I remember Harry Potter being banished, uh, banished, being banned in a lot of uh, Catholic schools. The opening episodes are the government trying to enforce religion. Oh. And the people, like the scholars and the scientists being like, hey, religion's covering shit up. And uh, we can't trust anyone. Mm. That's cool. But it's still in a fantasy kind of era. Uh, it is worth checking out. Um, the young lady from Logan plays oh. the main character. Oh, I like her. Uh, and I will load up the thing because I'm doing a bad job. Um, it is. It was fun. I only watched about two episodes, so I won't talk too, too much and mm-hmm. I won't uh, spoil too much of it. But uh, it is, if you're looking for the next show, that series wrapped up. It's only three seasons. Uh, James McElroy is in it. McElroy. Uh, McElroy. 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 Uh, and it is enjoyable so far. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. And it, yeah, because it's all out, it's bingeable now if you it's want It's totally to. bingeable. Uh, Daphne Keene. Daphne Keene plays Lyra. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's a good cast, man. And it's, they oh. do some really interesting visual stuff with all just cities and stuff. Got Lin-Manuel Miranda too. Yeah. One of my other favorites. Nice. Okay, cool. All right. So moving on from HBO, I just closed the other one on a Netflix Oh, this one is such like a weird roller coaster. So, weird one. No, James McElroy? McElroy. <laughs> McElroy. McElroy. I am so sorry. Uh, let's segue real quick. So, I knew we were going to really talk about books. I knew we really weren't going to talk about video games uh, or going to try to stay away from movies. But I did want to mention uh, McElroy did voice Dream of the Endless on the Audible series. Oh, did uh, he? They, season two and three came out in 2022, which brings us... To our next segue, a little bag of sand, a ruby, and a helm. <laughs> Come on, Sandman. Man, this one's oh, yours. Oh, yeah. No, I um. What are your thoughts? Neil Gaiman's Sandman's final and hopefully full adaptation. Oh, comes. it took long enough. I think it was over like 70 days. Like there was like watch it, watch accounts on Tumblr and Twitter being like, hey, renew, renew it renew it for season two already like what are you waiting for <laughs> like some people online uh, were just binging it just not even watching it just having it on the background just to log those hours in the first uh month just to show that hey yeah, we want this more exactly because it uh neil gaiman was up front on twitter the whole time being like yeah like it really depends on the first 30 days with netflix 
whether or not they're going to renew it or not. Oh, interesting. He openly said that, eh? Oh yeah, he, he didn't give a fuck. He's making enough money. He wasn't I like, like yeah. he wasn't like you know winking a nod, being like, "Hey, you guys should probably." Because a lot of people were like, "I want this to just drag out. I'm only watching one episode, and then I'll watch the next one in two weeks. I'll watch." And he's like, "I, I appreciate it, but we need hours in yeah. a way, like just if even we if need you it just completed, yeah, just binge it. We're not saying just binge it. He's like, do whatever you want, but." If you do watch it, the more you watch it, the more Netflix is going to see those numbers. Interesting. And he's like, he even said if Netflix didn't bring it back, they had other ways to to do it somewhere else. Oh, they had closets. I think so. Interesting. He oh, had that's mentioned, what's happening with Wednesday right now. Yeah, Apparently he didn't went, say. Yeah, really? Yeah, he didn't say like outright, but he's like, a second season will be made. No somehow. matter what. Yeah. We'll yeah. make it work. Because yeah. all of his other shows are on um, so he's got, Amazon. His clauses, we're thinking, has access to the same actors, to the same writers, mm-hmm. to, to all well, the same. Yeah. A lot of these actors, because I, uh, I, I read all the um, audiobooks in the last year. So, oh. And they're like 11-hour audiobooks. And a lot of people that worked on the show were on the audiobooks just as different characters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, to be fair, as different characters might throw me off if I'm listening yeah. to the audiobook. <laughs> no, but it's just, it's but. interesting, though, because, like, why didn't Amazon make it? And thank God Amazon didn't make it. Well, because all his but other also, shows the are audio, the audiobook is good. Oh, like, it's it the is, best it's a adaptation fun... of it. It is, it's, like, it's like listening to a play. It really? has music. Uh, it has uh, audio effects. Like it's, so, they did more of like the play. I have heard those before. Mm-hmm. There, there's like a it's it's a different type audio of audio book. Audio drama. Yeah. That's what they yeah. call it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I I knew it was a good show, and mm-hmm. I obviously I watched it. And there's did. a legacy behind Sandman. There's a legacy. Yeah. I, I binged it like crazy, and I knew it was a good show when plebeian wife Amanda stayed up till one a.m. to finish it in one night with. Oh me. wow. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. does not. She, I cannot get her to sit down and watch a movie that's like an hour long. Okay. She has to get up and go do something. The fact that she's like, no, no, I don't care what we're doing. We're going to mm-hmm. order we're food. This is like we the we're going to the next thing. episode. This is the night. Yeah. So the fact that she sat down and, and was compelled to watch told me this was a smash hit. Like this is something yeah. uniquely special and interesting. Mm-hmm. It is different. It's unique. It's weird. It's strange uh, to a lot of people. It's hard to get your head wrapped around. Uh, I know my family, half of it was, they loved it. And the other half was kind of like, ah, I didn't like the diner episode. Or like, there was some jumping oh, off point. There was down. some jumping off point. And it is, it's completely toned down. It's a lot it's, more brutal in the comics. Yes, yes, it's it a is. lot more brutal in the audiobook Because there's noises. Oh, and yeah. And you have Squishy to listen sounds. to it all. Oh, really? And it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, That's awesome. I thought Rose Walker's portrayal was fun. Oh, I she thought, was great. Um, a few of uh, Desire, Mason. Oh my God! Park. Fantastic, oh. Mason Park. Uh, <laughs> their their portrayal of Desire is fantastic. I yeah. Think, uh, the I think for whatever death. reason, Corinthian Dream and Desire yeah. were my three. Like these people were perfect. Oh on, yeah, on, he uh, played a great Corinthian, which is funny because they changed the the Corinthian t- uh, character story. They made it work for an adaptation. A little bit from yeah, the adaptation. Right? You're right, they did. Because they needed to kind of get him more in the in the foreground in the beginning uh, rather than like in the middle being like, okay, why should I care about this this bad guy or this like misunderstood nightmare basically? Yes. The other one I wanted to bring up and I don't have her. Yes, thank Jenna you. Jenna Coleman Jenna. as Constantine. Am I the only Holy one sh- where that, is that wants show? A- Okay, thank where's God. The John, the John, oh, no, people jo- are Joanna saying, like, where's the show? But a lot of people also are really angry that 
it was uh, portrayed as a woman. Well, and fuck not, that. Who cares? Who gives no, a I shit? Know. Like, I know, I know, key, I know. He's a gay key, in the comic, even. Yeah, like, the key of Jenna Coleman's um, uh, Constantine was that Constantine is a, I don't give a fuck, nihilistic yeah. asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, she had ticked the boxes. Yeah. yeah. That's good enough for me. Yep. yep. And she did a great job of it. I, I do, okay, I, I know we don't really like going to this territory, but I have to say it. One thing I thought that was levied against this show terribly and pointlessly was a lot of people claiming, oh, this went Netflix woke. First of all, that's what the original it's was. Already, yep. It's been woke since the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. Don't bring that against this. Yeah. Um, it was great. Every character was great. Yeah. Um, it was truly fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no problem with that. I did. I hated that there, were, there was a lot of reviews that angered at the woke thing. That bothered They're me They're going to not like the second season with uh, Wanda. Yeah. Like there is a transgender <sighs> character in the books that that becomes like a bigger character. Yeah, and yeah, people are gonna be like, point. "Oh, but it's like no, that it's that's what it's it was written <laughs> from this, the '80s." I think, regardless of who's betraying the characters, if the story is good, it'll speak for itself. I yes. think the updates that the the show had made, uh, especially mm-hmm. to even some of the design uh, using death as an African American woman. Oh, she I have was no great. complaints. Uh, Sound of Her Wings is an amazing episode. Uh, there's some moments that just choke you up because it's like, holy fuck, especially the old man with the violin. And he's like, just, I don't want to get too, that, too much into it. There's that just, death episode. really fucking good, man. I wasn't sure where it was going because yeah. it had kind of completed a story arc. Mm-hmm. That's how the first trade paperback or that arc series ends. Oh, oh does so it? You okay. get, you get the you get the whole story and then all of a sudden, Dream is sitting in a park and it's just that quiet in between percussion, like I I love yeah, that episode. I was really annoyed by it at the start because I'm like, "Where is this going? What's yeah. the story mm-hmm. here?" By the end of it, it was probably the most, eh, maybe second most or most impactful yeah. Well, yeah. episode of the season. His dream needed to kind of get back into like, no, like there's a reason we do this, yes, and you're right. kind of losing your way with your own stuff, but it's not about you; it's about the people. Yeah, no, you're absolutely. Right. It was a great, great show. Um, I'm yeah. I wanted. I really want to see more of uh, Mason Alexander Park. Well, uh, so. they are on Quantum Leap, and Ooh. apparently it's all right, and they're getting renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a sci-fi show. What I will say, the surprising thing that we all forgot to mention about Sandman is that it came back with another episode at oh, the end yeah. of the oh, yeah. <laughs> to wrap up Calliope and they did Dreams that of Cats, so well. Yes. Which is as, as a reader and for the as like the comic book reader, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to do an episode just with cats? And the, the animation wise, it worked. It worked flawlessly. And the fact that they're like, hey, surprise, there's more Sandman. I'm now sitting there going, is there another one in a week? You are never we, know. Are we going to get another? Like, are we going to get the Sandman get another Christmas random special hit? or something? Yeah, because it's just so wild. Yeah. An honorable mention, too, is the Dreamcast. I don't know if you guys listen to that. Uh, no. On Spotify, leading up to it, they um, to kind of introduce the main characters on Spotify, they did kind of like a not ASMR-esque, but they did like... like A sleep aid? Yeah, like a sleep aid. Like like Tom, <laughs> I'll show you after. It's like Tom uh, Sturge did like a three-minute monologue as Dream, as if he's bringing you into the Dream. Oh, stand at the precipice. Welcome. Yeah. He's no, like, no. Do it and it's beautiful. Uh, Lucian does one. Uh, Desire does one. Um, I forget who else. Uh but like they, they're just a couple of the main characters as like a, a slight introduction Ooh, like prior it's fun. to the series. It was like the week before the series came out. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is kind of like a sleep aid. Like people have been online being like, yeah, I put it on and I'm like out. <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's like a half an hour long if you play all of them. I love it. They're very fun. They're very good. Uh, speaking of Dreams of Cats, though, moving on to animation, I want to talk about Dota's blood origin. No, uh, no. Dragon's Blood. Dragon's Blood. Dragon's Blood. Shanene? Shanene. Why, why are you saying this was Shanene? It's what Shanene. am I missing? Because it's, no, because the, the goddess, Shanene. Or no, is it Shalele? It's not, I always, um, I always forget what it is, but so, it was kind of a joke that we just say, oh, Shalele or Shanene. You just got into it. Okay, so, all right. Never played a game of Dota. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, I know it's a big deal. I know they have big events every year and they move around uh, yep. the open or whatever it is. One of the biggest payout tournaments. That's the biggest existed. tournaments. Selamene. 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 Selamanella. Salmonella. Turned into Shanene or Shalele. Or- <laughs> right. Um, the show, fantastic until it, it had to remind you it was a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Dota. That's Dota in the nutshell. Yeah, I, the I, mage, the 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 dragon fighters, all of it, phenomenal, fucking phenomenal. What fun, beautiful animation mm-hmm. made me miss Castlevania, or I'm sorry, Castlevania. Um, Shanene, best girl. But all I will say is, as soon as it was like, I'm the evil skeleton astronaut from the moon, and I'm here to wreck your day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck, why are we doing this? Why? What is happening? And they're like, I'm going to use these power-ups. I'm pulling cards out of my wallet. <laughs> and I'm going to defeat you. And you're like, what the fuck? What happened to just our bullshit fantasy show? Like, why It was good, though, because each character had their own arc. And each character had their own, like, redemption story. And oh, it was fun as hell. It was a very, like, I enjoyed watching it. I can't, like, we only watched it once way through the whole, like, you know, each season. So I don't remember, like, all of it. Oh, but... the Empress storyline. Oh, like, it was great. The, yeah. the people that they got. It it was killer. Mm-hmm. It was great. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah, the Invoker. Uh, that Troy Baker. God damn, man. God damn, Troy Baker. Uh, I think they did a great job. It was a lot better than it. A lot better than. I, I think that when I first season came out, my response was this was a lot better than it ever had the right to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I'm like, if this is the game, I'll play it. Yeah. Oh my God. And then when you find that it's not a MOBA, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Well, it's kind of like Arcane. It's kind of like what happened with Arcane. Arcane is the exact same type of game pl- right. mm-hmm. show being turned from that exact same kind of game. Right. And Arcane looks like, to me, what uh, Dishonored was. Yeah. Okay. Where you're like fucking creeping around and it's this beautiful world and you want to explore it. And it's also kind of not beautiful. It's actually kind of gross and oily and grungy and <laughs> shit kind of thing. But well, Arcane is just another MOBA, just yeah. like Dota is. It's yeah. exactly, they're just mm-hmm. offshoots of the same type of game. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious that we see these two different offshoots going in slightly two different directions or clearly arcane one, but I'm sorry. This Dota one is fun to watch on it. They get more episodes out. So yeah. it's, it's not as much effort into any one season, but it reminds me of those Saturday morning cartoon type things yeah. that mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just cause I grew up with that era, but it felt nostalgic to me. I yeah. enjoyed it. It's not as enjoyable as Vox Machina. No, um, but I don't know, man, Damien's story and all of that. Like it worked really, really well. I oh, thought like it, it was, worked. it worked really well, especially for a three season. And getting the dragons into it at the end. And like we were, it, it was losing us at the end. And then like the cliffhanger at the very last episode, the finale happened and we're like, okay now we're gonna have to watch the fourth season to see <laughs> right because it, it, it just turned on its head a bit but yeah it became ridiculous it was, it was very funny how you start up the first 
part of the you know first season and it's very like okay yeah, there's a dragon soul inside of a dude and yeah. mm-hmm. now he's got to deal with these anger issues <laughs> I guess you could call it. Yeah, Vuzrada, yeah. Vuzrada. and then by the end of it, it's like well we're jumping timelines and multiverses yeah. like yeah. what the fuck Why? <laughs> oh, you okay. thought the dragon soul was the weird part no <laughs> they're yeah. on the moon now <laughs> honestly it was yeah they're the running moon. simulations in the universe the like, oh, yeah. my god. oh my god the wizard comes from the moon but it was enjoyable like i would pro- i would go back for like another watch yeah. i don't know if i ever need to rewatch it i will say though the villain um everything that it pulled out her, it was it's a fun show don't sleep on dota dota's yeah. great uh maybe not play the video game the villain didn't feel like a fleshed out villain the villain felt like a um uh, what do we what do we call it? the uh, um, um force of nature that mm-hmm. forced the characters to evolve and change? Yes, yeah. he he put energy into the characters so that they were forced to change and alter and, and have a story arc. The villain himself wasn't like Loki; he didn't have a story arc. Right. Yeah. right. I think that was the important part. I think we're so used to a world where the villain is such a built out character mm-hmm. that you have to you know interact with. We're not used to this. He's just a bad guy that puts energy into the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with the multiverse stuff too, right? Where they jump around. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think it was a little convoluted, or did it get lost? Um, I have a love for very convoluted yeah. time stories. I don't know why. I, I kind of know Chrono Trigger and stuff sure, like that. Sure. Um, but I love uh, movies like Primer. Mm-hmm. I love very complex things where I can't understand everything in one watch. So I went back and watched the last few episodes like a second time. Yeah, in case you missed something or there's, yeah. Yeah, and I felt that very enjoyable, that crunch very enjoyable. So I, I while I air quotes got lost, I enjoyed the journey of learning. That's awesome. Speaking of multiverses, uh, Michelle Yao played in Everything All at Once, and she also showed up for 30 seconds in Witcher Blood Origin. <laughs> one of these being a very good thing. One the of other them being one. <laughs> my movie of the fucking year. Yeah, I think it's my mom's movie of the year. She called me and she's like, why did you tell me to watch that? I'm upset now. But also, <laughs> oh my God, incredible. Uh, yes, Everything Everywhere All at Once. If there's any, we, we have nothing to do with any of this. This has nothing to do with the episode. Go fucking watch it. Go watch everything all at once. It's on uh, Amazon. It's fantastic. Don't give Jeff Bezos any of your money, but go watch that movie. Uh, Michelle Yao shows up from everything all at once into Witcher Blood Origin for about 30 seconds. Uh, fanfic fave Jody, Joey Beatty also shows up as Yassiker for a total like three minutes. As far as I'm concerned, they put him in that starting just so that they could market him being in it. In so the trailer? Watch it. Yeah. Same thing with Michelle Yao. Same thing with right. Michelle, yeah. And they don't do anything with their characters. No. Man. Hey, we got a new song. Which, we barely got a new song. We barely got a new song. And it's, you can't force it at that point. No, that's Those the things problem. should happen and it shouldn't be, hey, every Witcher season's going to come out and we're going to have a banger. Unfortunately, so far, every Witcher season has come out and we've had a banger. Oh, so yeah. when, a bl- like, when an offshoot <laughs> show like this comes out, Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the meat and potatoes of the episode. We all fucking hated Blood Origin. Did you? Did you? Okay, so we're gonna go round robin. That way, Adam will start. I'll pop in every once in a while, and then you fill up in the middle. So it's just so it's not you talking about why you loved it, and then me and Adam shitting on it. (laughs) Adam has pulled out the notebook. I'm gonna load up my one note with my notes as well, sir. Could you go back down to the? Absolutely. So I, I have to be clear here that part of this was, this kind of episode came up. Be, oh, yeah, yeah. We have all played the game. Oh, yeah. You have read half of the books? I'm, uh, I had the last half of the last book. 
of the Witcher series. Of the Witcher series. I have finished the books as well. Okay. Just so there's a little bit of context here. Yes, where That's we're all. coming from. Where we're coming from. Each of us are we also, I have watched you play like 300 hours of yeah. The Witcher 3. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, Adam, what did you think of Witcher Blood Origin? I originally sent up this episode as more or less just a, a, a Blood Origin episode. Yeah. So I have like three pages of notes. That's okay. But I'm not going to go through No, no, no. Go through what you want. Um, well, the things I wanted to talk about was I think that 90% of the problem of this show was writing. Yeah. It wasn't one of those things where we talked about Lord of the Rings Beer where sandwiches. the graph yeah, the graphics were disconnected, it was green screened. I don't think that was the case here. This felt uh visually it felt okay. Yeah. Uh there was definitely some problems, but it wasn't what threw it off for me. Mm-hmm. What threw it off for me was um I would argue three main problems. Okay. Um, one was every character had a backstory that we didn't know about until it was needed for the drama at that moment. Yeah. So they'd be like, hi, you'd be going through this story plot with this character. You know, my name is Damien, my name is Damien or, or whatever. Um, uh, you know, uh, Fajal or Fajal or whatever, however you pronounce his, his name. Um, you'd go through all the story plot and then suddenly they'd meet a new character and this in character they just introduced now they'd go, I hate you. I hate your people. I had this, you killed my aunt, my mother, you killed my aunt, you killed my family. And then they'd be drama. And then five seconds later, it'd be resolved. So they almost tried to create drama with character backstories that we had no involvement in, yep. no understanding yep. of, didn't know about until that very moment. And then they immediately resolve it. Hey, let's, let me just interrupt you one quick moment here. Cause it did feel very much almost like a Garth Marenghi. Uh, hi, I'm brother death. I don't trust you, but I like killing, so I guess I'll join your suicide mission. Yeah. What? What? what why? What, 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 why? What? Where did you come from? This doesn't make any sense. He was. He seen them across the way in the restaurant. He liked the look of did their he? vibe. Did he? Did oh well, oh you're making saw, a joke? Oh my god! No 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 no! no, 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 he, no, no he was no, he there. Did. He was he, there. He's seen the wanted poster. Seen them. Seen them take off when the uh, guards came in, and then he followed them from the inn. What if they were just like? Carpet merchants or some fucking thing. Like, what? You're right. That's exactly what what I'm talking about. And there's like, uh, there's these two people that, you know, I'm from the wolf clan. I'm from the dog dog clan. Dog clan. And what was the other one? Raven ghost. Raven. There you go. Raven clan. We hate each other. and But we all have the same rituals. And it's not even, I think it's at the end of the first episode, maybe the beginning of the second episode, where they do their like blood ritual and they're like, hey, you know, by blood, we're we're brother and sister and blah, blah, blah. There's not enough time for these characters having gone from I hate every part of you to, all right, we're brothers in arms. We've right, saved each other's called, lives. Um, it's called enemies to lovers. Oh, I get that. But it, there wasn't enough time for that. <laughs> yeah, but they, they smooch. Yeah. They do some smooching. They did have a montage of them going through and Barely. talking. That was me blinking very quickly. It was like, yeah, they, they had the montage of them like going through the mountains and having the campfire moment and like time had passed. It just wasn't on screen. It, that's my, I, but that's they my also problem. could have put six months later, Not three, even. three weeks later. Like that doesn't work though. Like you can't do that as viewers. It totally works if you're writing for the characters, yeah. but you have to remember a TV show isn't about the characters. It's about the viewers. Yeah. So while the characters may have experienced six months, we've only experienced 10 minutes. Well, it's like yeah. the game of Thrones. Like you mentioned exactly the time, the time jump. jumps. Oh wow. Look at how we tied the whole show <laughs> to fucking gather. Oh. Play the Witcher music and make it seem important. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, 
So anyway, that that I think is the biggest aspect. Is okay. uh, I, I dubbed it Deus Ex background. Yeah. Uh, Deus Ex backstory, and then also they they brought that same Deus Exness into their solution to the big problem. Yeah. Oh, we have this huge obelisk that's doing bad magic stuff. What do we do? Random spell to solve it. Right. And everything felt Deus Ex. Everything felt only was brought up when it needed to be brought up. So there was no catharsis. There was no um, lead up and then payoff. Yeah. And I felt the lead up and payoff were within five seconds of each other, which is not enough. It's proof no. of that. It's evidence that you need that. And I've said it before on the show. You need that Chekhov's gun because you need the, the hint. You need the payoff, which gives you the catharsis. Yeah. And I think that's what this fail, the show failed at. So let me ask you two things real quick. One, did you watch it in one sitting? Um, two sittings. Two sittings. Okay, so we watched it in one sitting. So it felt more like a little bit of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is, do you think more episodes would have helped? No. Because I Story's think we... Too weak. I think the writers... Yeah. Didn't... Don't... I think the writers don't understand... Okay. Well, quite frankly, basic writing tenants. I think they don't understand how timing and uh you know the the story arcs work to the bumps the the start the plot the um the intrigue the first issue the conflict and then the resolution right the whole there's a bump map to that and how to do that i don't think they understand that so if we got more episodes we wouldn't get better product we would just get more of shit writing so what if i told you originally this was was six episodes it didn't view well it didn't test well and then they cut two of them. And well, then HodgePodge edited together whatever they could to have what we have now. See, that tells me that that confirms with what my belief was. Is Henry Cavill, please come back. We're sorry. <laughs> we'll make you executive producer. You can do whatever you want with a fucking show. That's funny. We'll get Tom Cruise to make you a coconut cake every week, if even if that's what you want. Please, Henry, <laughs> please come back. Yeah. Feminist Warlord. Crack open Blood Origin. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, I think it wasn't more for the fans of like how we've, you know, all the media, like we've done the books, the video games. I think this was designed more for the people that maybe hadn't and were lost, especially in the season two of Witcher when they brought in the monoliths. And the conjunction of the spears. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden that was like the end and everyone's like, what? This is out of nowhere. Like, you know, or maybe who hadn't watched the the animated but, like, I think this is more to explain to, pa- not, I'm not going to say, like, parents, but, like, people that it's not. for your mom. Parents don't understand. It's for your mom. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, let people me jump. People that aren't, uh, you know, uh, well-versed in the original books or that may not know the background of the science of what happened to cause the world to be how it is in The Witcher. For the world lore. Yeah. So, people didn't like season one because it jumps around. Mm-hmm. The Witcher books, after... The first two start to jump around. Oh, they jump around a lot. It, it goes more like political based. It goes more towards like uh, Geralt is not the main character. It's Siri. Siri's the main character. Siri gets like she just starts jumping j- dimensions. Uh, Geralt's trying to find her. There's a war going on, multiple wars. So like, I think they needed to have this to kind of brace people for like hopefully like depending what season three does, right. what's coming. Right. Because mm-hmm. it does go more into the, the witchy, like, uh, magic of the world. and That might be also why Cavill left. It's because they were like, no, we need to make a show. And yeah, the they books, weren't, it um, works better as a book. 
to mm-hmm. jump around. But yeah. we can't do but that. But he wanted it more towards the source material and the writers. Uh, like, they like they added stuff to season two that never even happened. Yeah. Or, like, why is Yasuger, why are they all at uh, Care Mornet all of a sudden? Right. Like, that doesn't happen. Right. Well, you've got fan favorites and you've got action figures to sell and we were trying yeah. to keep people happy and watching and yeah. they want a song. And The Witcher's not full of songs. And all of a sudden, it's leaning to more token instead of Game of Thrones. One thing I wanted to talk about with the whole, you know, this is built to bring in people who aren't really involved and mm-hmm. don't really understand the conjunction of the spheres. I interestingly got a review from a friend of mine who literally knows nothing about Witcher. Sure. He's never even watched Witcher 1 or 2. So this is, in theory, he's never played the games. Mm. He knows of it, like, okay. loosely, you know, through other people. Because it's one of those franchises you just can't escape. At it. this point now, it's everywhere. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. So he's, I think he might have watched the show at okay. best. Yeah. But his basic statement was uh, Netflix elected to explore the history of the setting, which longtime fans might enjoy, but it's done little to make settings more accessible, which I think continues to be a mistake. Long boring stories. This guy who, who your statement of like, oh, it's meant to bring in the people mm-hmm. who don't understand the conjunction of spheres. A lot, and this is anecdotal. Yeah. I have to be clear with that. This that's is fair. one individual because it's the only individual I know that's not played the game. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, is his statement was it didn't help clue him into the universe. Mm. The, he didn't understand what the conjunction of spheres were by the end of this or what it meant to the world. It didn't answer any of the questions that you want it to answer. Oh, okay. Right. And that makes sense for us as people who understand the conjunction of spheres. We can kind of connect the dots and that makes sense to us. Yeah. But if you don't, what the heck is that? Oh, there's multi-universes? Like, never right. once did they comment that. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, people are going to be really confused if they go the route of Siri disappearing into the desert with the unicorn and then winding up with, like, the the elder elves <laughs> of, like, the original elves trying to use her to, like, thing. And it's going to be, like... It's what? a lot of convoluted. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. And I don't know how they're going to do that or even if they're going to do it at this point. Um, the one thing I will give credit, what we noticed right away, they actually put titles of where they were yeah because witcher 2 they're jumping around to like all these different regions and there's no like you're here now or these are these armies yeah you need a map it was confusing you need a map we were trained for about nine seasons of game of thrones that we need a map same thing with lord of the rings yeah the fact that right the beginning the entrance amazon you got a map this is where we are oh when the black location 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 mordor that was awful when the Badlands turned into Mordor <laughs> was awful. Um, but oh, they need a map. Yes. They need a map and they need those those J.J. Abram ep- the title cards of yeah. where the fuck are we? Because if you want us to care about Sintra or Rodania or Nilfgaard, you need to let us know where mm-hmm. we are See, and where they what they look like. I'm okay if they don't do... Okay, if they do something like what Games of Thrones did, That's which was coming. showing the map at the beginning, the yeah. openings this way, you're always reminded of the map. done that from the beginning. Yeah, you're right. I should be building a Witcher map puzzle at Christmas, episode, season one. Yeah. yeah. That Christmas. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with the title cards because I, I always felt like title cards like that, like... Welcome to Chatham. Uh, welcome to Kitchener. You know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> uh, I always felt like those took me out of it. What I think is more important is that you make the locations so distinct yeah. that you can't possibly, that at the beginning, you know, when it's first shown or every once in a while, you have to remind people that you show the B-roll of the city yeah. and then he, that defines the city. And then when you go inward, then you see, okay, this is what the architecture looks like. Sure. This is what the people's armor looks like. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, 
we're in Redania. We're in Redania. This is Redania. Right. They say that over and over again. And eventually, over the time, you can say it less. They're not doing that, though. Well, no, they're not. But and you get my no, point. Yeah, you have to yeah. make it visually distinct. Yeah. If you're not going to put the title cards, you need to make it so distinct, yeah. you can't screw it up. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is in the show, the Witcher show, they jump around. And sometimes they don't even go outside to see banners. Yes. Or sometimes Nilfgaard is invading and taking banners down. Yes. So you're like... Where, where did they just invade? Where the fuck are we? Or yes. we went from one hallway to another hallway with a different conversation, which is probably the same building. Yeah. They just realigned the shot, but it's yeah. confusing. You're absolutely right. The one thing too is like uh, what I had a hard time with was all the characters. Like I get they didn't have a lot of time, so they needed to kind of fast track. They had Netflix money. They had all the time in the world. <laughs> well, like you said, yeah. okay, they cut down episodes then. They did. But it's like, what are the chances of these two people meeting on an island? But you're like, yeah, it's Skellige. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Skellige is kind of like this dreary place. Because we've seen a map. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I know where that is. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but like, what are the chances of them meeting? Uh, like the, the raven and the dog. And then all of a sudden, her sister showing up out of the blue. Yeah. It was like, how did you know... She was there. Also, the person who also at the same time was saving the dog. Yeah. Like, how do you know? Like, yeah, you're the messenger being like, your dad needs it back. And it's like, how did he even know where he went? Unless you tracked him. Also, why did they need him back? Wasn't he banished? It was, uh, they were trying to get everyone back to the castle for the betrayal. They were going to kill everybody. They were going to kill everybody. So oh, the assassins that came. The assassins wanted him back. Yeah. So the assassins, His dad didn't actually want him yeah. back. Yeah. So the messenger came and the sister came to grab them, but maybe they were followed and that's where the assassins and that's how they figured out, oh, this is exactly what's happening. We have to go. Come back. They get, it was a little he gets confusing. Locked up. He gets locked up. The murder happens that night. They get out and the assassins all try to kill him. But like, how did they know they oh. were there? Okay, I know. I find that weird because, like, why would you go through all that if you knew where they are? You could just assassinate them without telling them, without yeah. cluing them in, without involving them in any way. They mm -hmm. they make the characters' uh, motivations feel a little muddy. Yeah, uh, I don't like what they do with the Empress. I don't like how it's like you're a pretty girl. And we're going to marry you off. Great outfits, by the way. I like the <laughs> oh, yeah. armor and stuff. I like her fun. her hair. They kept making her hair into like hair pieces, like hats. Oh, yeah, yeah they neat did. With the braids. Very Princess Amidala. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Queen, sorry. Uh, it's just fucking brutal of like, hey, we need a wizard. Hi, I'm a wizard, and I don't like these guys, so I'll do it. Like, it just happens but so But the one fast. character that we I really liked and we really liked was, I forget her name, was it Mirwin? Mirwin Mack? The, uh, Meldolf, the, Meldolf. Meldolf. Uh, the, the girl who played the dwarf character. Yeah, Francesca Hammer. Mills. With Gwen. Gwen? Stole the show. Yeah. She was amazing. Sucks. She was it sucks so his character funny. is gone to time, but like I will oh, admit that her introduction was again like the rest of it sped up and it didn't really make sense. Like suddenly she's involved in this plot when yeah. all she did was get them out of the way of a monster in the sky. Yeah. It didn't That's her all introduction. You need to do. Yeah, but her introduction <laughs> to the story was terrible. I didn't care because her as a character was so entertaining. Yeah, but did you fun. mention that she's the one who created Gwent? Or no, they play, kind of they, play, play they play a they play a card game and they keep calling the hammer Gwen and I'm like is this Gwen? Oh. I keep like, is this are they going to play are they going to stop to play Gwen? Gwen? Maybe right that is now. their like, you know, ah, touch on the nose, wink yeah. wink. <sighs> I like the scene where they just kind of got drunk in the cave before the Witcher, like before like the the trail the trial of the grass scene, which is brutal because the trial of the grass <laughs> is as like let me It's mm, a very actually, primitive version of it though. <sighs> like that's like okay, uh, Willow like, does the same thing though. He, Willow does it 
But the differences with Willow is it's a joke and it's a cliche on oh, fantasy. Well then. And it's fun. It's funny when it happens in Willow because they're like, this is ridiculous. It's a high moment. It's a, yeah. wow, yeah. We're all, we all recognize this as stupid. But right. The Witcher Willow. was a very primitive thing and I think they, they, they were working with the best mages of the time that they had access to and it just so happened to kind of work but ultimately did fail. Right. But what I'm saying is, as an argument, is go into the woods and get three ingredients for me. Mm-hmm. Pop down to the shop, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Grab me a 60 and some cigs. And uh, <laughs> we're going to do the thing called the trial of the grasses, which we've never done before, which I just invented and I just named. Instead of calling name. the trial of Balor, who is it, like, the, the mage's name. Yeah. It's not the trial of Balor. It's We're going to call it the trial of grasses. Why? That's a stupid name. Because we're going to into the woods to get grass yeah it, it's like, also it's just, uh, like what a coincidence that everything they need is within like a half a mile radius oh yeah <laughs> hey uh we're gonna lick that wall and eat those mushrooms and then you go get the anti-poison yeah and you're gonna be a witcher a what we don't have those no you're gonna be like a, a well witch. i think she she already knew of the spell Her. just they've never um done it before because they didn't have the access to the monsters that doesn't make any sense, though. That doesn't make <laughs> so any sense. So there's this new ingredient that's just invented and injected into this world. Hey, this And within looks... two days, yeah. they're like, fuck that. We know how to make a drug. But like you said, it's kind of like the, the primitive version eventually. Like, you know, obviously they honed it down to a science yeah, I, that is now lost. But I, yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch is all I'm trying yeah. to say. It's, it's hilarious because I definitely, it makes sense that it was six episodes cut down to four. But right. I do like the fact that they thought... Listen, we've got six episodes of crap. Right. If we cut it down to four episodes, at least it's only four episodes of crap. <laughs> right. People will watch four episodes. Yeah. Because when we first started watching, I'm like, I think it's only three episodes. And then I'm like, how the fuck are they going to wrap it up? There's 15 <laughs> minutes left. And then there's one more episode. And we're like, thank God. They better land this plane. But I did they enjoy did what they the did with um with the uh, the Ghost Clan lady the michelle yo character i didn't her. it was asian stereotyping no, no, and it's no, no, fucking no, no. brutal no no not that i mean just like how it had me where she betrayed them but didn't and then betrayed them again and then didn't it was kind of like she was she did that very you smart liked part where she go ghost clan goes says i need money for i need the bounty and i want it up front and but the she, empress goes all right because okay because well, she wants the the guy back right and then hires Army. mercenaries to fight against them, which was a fun, clever, like, oh, we gotcha. Well, for a minute, I thought she, like, really betrayed them when she went on their side with the horses. And then you see the armies come up. And I'm like, oh, that was really clever. But oh. also, like, I want my family sword, Soul Eater. And then the Empress being like, well, in other circumstances, I wouldn't have given it back to you. But because I've changed costumes and have now Rita Repulsa... <laughs> She didn't kill her. Yeah. Yeah. She's and so, it's like, why? Well, she like, was kind of, hey, I did little... it. Here's your boy. Also, it, was it just me or was that sword never brought up prior to that scene? At all. No, it was brought up it once. It was in the background. It was mentioned once. Okay. Because she fights him with the hilt. Right. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. I, I Yeah. At the tent, right? Yeah. I thought it might have been mentioned there because there was a few times where I, I struggled with this show when I, I'm the type of person that when I sit down and watch a show, I will... I will sit down and nonstop watch it. Yeah. Like, I can do nothing but. The fact is, is I got up and cooked dinner. Yeah. During a portion of yeah. this. Yeah. 
and I missed a few things. I'm like, this is so brutal. <laughs> well, it shows in a weird sort of way. You can't do the Witcher universe without the Witcher. Well, I think that's why they Like, there's it. a mechanic here that people like, which is a guy that fights monsters in a very grim, dark, high fantasy world. See, that's not what I, in my notes, what I talked about was what they lost here with The Witcher. And it, I was discussing with other people as well that even though The Witcher story arcs in the books, and you were reading the last half of the books, Amanda, where they do have world ending that they are trying to solve world ending ap mm -hmm. apocalypse. Most of what people talk about when they think of The Witcher, when they think about the stories they love the most about from The Witcher universe, are those small stories where the monster isn't the mermaid. The monster is the person hunting the mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. It's these twists of fates. It's these, the farmer's got a problem. Yeah. The far, is the farmer the mm -hmm. monster? It's these small, I would call it small problems yeah. that, you know, they're a bit bigger, but mm -hmm. they're not world ending and they're not like this. And I think that's what they missed is the Witcher is about gray area morality in mm -hmm. small everyday problems. And Geralt of Rivia does everything in his power until it's almost too late to try to avoid all of those problems. Well, he's avoiding yes. the main quest. Right. He, <laughs> Geralt of Rivia in the books takes every fucking side quest. Yeah. Until it's like, no, my guy, you have to make a decision. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want it. And it's like, too bad. Yep. Uh, the Wild Hunt does show up a couple times in the books, but they're more seen as spectral creatures as they phase through it's the realms. It's the thunderstorm. Yeah. A thunderstorm will happen. And it's like, oh, you better get inside because the hunt's out tonight. There are an it happens like once a month or like once every... The the spheres kind of... there's yeah. It's the moon phases. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. It's it was, a looming threat. This is... It was neat seeing, okay, their origin is they get shunted out to another dimension. And then the, the elf, like the apprentice guy who gets roped into being the uh, empress is kind of like, you're my inside man, becomes like the main bad Avalak. guy. Avalak, yeah. I'm trying to figure out why in this desolate landscape there's a quarter buried helmet. Stay tuned for season three where it never gets explained because <laughs> it looks cool. I guess that's I it. Don't, that's I all don't I can know. It looks cool. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I made my point that I yeah. think this show is, I think it's, it's weakness is writing. And I think this laser, I think I, I made, I made statement in, in previous, we were talking about uh, Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. where the writers had pretty much no, um, no other work under their belt. Right. The writers of this one had very little work under their belt oh, as well. Okay. If none, not quite none, but very little. See, and I like how they tied in, like, I, I know why they needed to have Yasker, because he's one of, like, the main characters, it's like a fan favorite, and he's the one to be like, hey, this history is lost, you are the one to do the history now. What got me at the end was funny with, like, the whole bloodline of him being a descendant of their, uh, like, the original elves. Yes. Which there was speculation, like, online, like, headcanons that had been popped up since The Witcher started because they forgot to age him up. Fan fic yeah. favorite, Joey Beatty. Yeah, so they forgot to age him up in the first season because 20 years had went by and he didn't age. So yeah. everyone online <laughs> with all the, you know, fan fictions and stuff were like, oh, he's part elf. No, nah, they, just, they just... Oh, he's obviously off. part elf or something. Sure. And this confirmed it. Yeah. He is part elf from like a distant bloodline. Also, I'm sorry, you don't witcher? get to change the lore just because Maybe. you fucked up yeah, aging rough. someone. But it's yeah, I, like there's just a weird, funny, like little headcanon now that is ca technically canon. Yeah. That either he has witcher blood in him or he's part elf from like a thousand years ago. 
Man, I wish my blood from a thousand years ago <laughs> impacted me today. I know, right? My goodness. And it's like, you're the last of the line of the lark. And it's like, okay. And then, I, you know, I, I get it. Because in the second season, they made him kind of the person that was helping the elves move around. Yeah. And, like, he was smuggling them out sure, of the sure. war-torn areas. So, like, I do get the whole, like, drawback, you know, with the elves. But, I like, think that weakens it. I think yeah. that weakens his argument. I think they're trying to just connect him in order to keep him in the show because people like him. Yeah. yeah. And then you had mentioned, I wish we got more about the, the humans showing up into this land. Yeah. The way that the way the series ends where everyone wakes up on the beach. Like, where's that show? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden. That's you, way more you interesting. Every deck of card you have, including Uno, Yahtzee, and fucking <laughs> Jenga, and you shuffle them together. And you're like, okay, cool. Play the game. Buy the rules. And you're like, I don't know what to do with these pieces. Yes. It is a way more interesting show of everyone waking up on the beach and no one speaking a language and all of a sudden humans are here and mm-hmm. vampires and monsters and well, everything's like, fucked that's up. That's way more interesting. Witcher year yeah. one is more interesting as a concept, whether that's going to be the next animated short or whatever, then, but here's how we got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Prior, prior. Like the similarian of the Witcher is something we didn't really need. Yep. The yeah. how did we get here? The birth of the kingdoms. If you guys are play testing or trying audiences to say, hey, Game of Thrones is coming back and it's not bad. The politics and the kingdoms is a great way to teach people these locations. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the wars of the kingdoms and how the elves and the dwarves got pushed out. And now we are entering Nilfgaard and the time of the, the, the golden sun, the black banners. Going into yes. season three. You mean the time of the axe and sword is nigh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Instead of this convoluted, like, are the, because not to say, but people I've worked with are like, so are they showing up in season three? <laughs> right? Like, are these, car- uh, what yeah. happens? The There was the, uh, the, did you watch the post credit scene? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is even more confusing though. Like, who because is this guy? Because none of these characters, Axe Witcher dies and like some of these characters that like the Rogue One approach where everyone sort of dies and some of them get out alive. Yep. Are they going to be in season three? No. no. Who knows? But the like, Wild Hunt and Avalak. Right. They are big. Like they are, you know, they needed to introduce him. I think they screwed up not introducing him in the second season when they should have. But Avalak never does magic. Or El- uh, not Avalak, Aladrin. Aridin, sorry. Aridin never does magic. So how does he become the wild hunt guy and doesn't age and jumps through time and portals and like it's It also feels like because in the original Lord Svarma, as far as I'm aware, Aridin was like the king of the elves. the elves that moved over there. This doesn't feel like he's a king of elves. It feels like there's twelve male elves that got shunted. Who are angry. Who are angry. Like, well, that's not a civilization. It was an right. entire civilization that moved through the conjunction. Mm-hmm. Right. That then struggles to get back. Well, the whole thing, even in Witcher 3, whereas he is looking because his home is frozen over. Yeah. Or and about he's trying to, to conquer and keep moving. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, a wish, it's wishy-washy. I think it leaves, uh, it doesn't leave people satisfied and it just has more questions. Yeah. Which not really... Like it's not the it's point good sometimes to have and and to show with questions and be like, oh man, I want to see what they go next. But the, the idea of it being like a one shot for we're here to answer questions about the conjunction. You've answered nothing. You've answered yeah. nothing. And in fact, if anything, it's more convoluted. I think we should go to our next one. Did anybody watch Dragon Age Absolution? No, but I feel I should have. Matthew Mercer's in it. 
What? Uh, apparently, they use the same voice actors that they normally do. It's the same round robin of voice casting. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, if you played the Dragon Age games, uh, the animation looks good. It looks like Netflix wanted a Vox Machina of their own, and they got mm-hmm. quick to th- shake their dollar-dollar bills at, at the, the same actors. At the same actors to be like, hey, uh, Amazon's got a show and it's you like guys the competition. are in a fantasy show and uh, we need one. So they got Dragon Age. And also, I'm interested I should watch it, but I, the fact that no one's lauded it to me is fearful. I couldn't get through any of the Dragon Age games. I love Mass Effect. Uh, I would have rather the Mass Effect show. Um, oh God, Mass Effect show. You know what I mean? Okay. A weird. These look really expensive though. Yeah, you do anime or digital or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel Dragon Age Absolution is, haven't heard it much, unfortunately. So no. I can't really speak on it because not a lot of people, there's not a lot of buzz around it. No. It's a show that just kind of came out and people were like, yep. It exists. Yep. Yeah, which is weird. I, I, I hate that when that comes up because, you know, in this field of both video games and movies, there's yeah. so much stuff that we get thrown at. Yeah. And, you know, we either stick, we always see or know about the really good and the really bad, but there's this middle ground that just kind of gets a meh. And I, I don't like that. Like, no. especially when I'm talking on a podcast, it's hard to sit there and just have an answer of meh. Yeah. But that's kind of what this is. Um, I'm definitely going to try and spend some time to check it out. So I have a better answer to later episode. But it is tough to keep up with everything. I agree with you. And that's the exact same way I kind of felt with Cyberpunk, where I walked away from Cyberpunk going, meh. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like, it <laughs> yeah. just wasn't for me. I'm ha- Somebody out there loves it. I listened to you guys preview the show on it. You guys all seem to go around the table and really enjoy Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was just like, meh, Cyberpunk. Um, I want to talk about the mouse real quick while we wrap before we wrap up the show. Uh, Amanda and me have been doing Willow. Ah, Willow, the Ron Howard movie. Uh, 87, I want to say. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. It's been charming. It's charming. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, It's it's a bit... They're they're trying to branch it more into like the modern audience by using... uh, The end credits are always like a a modern like rock song or like... Don't like that. I don't like that in my fantasy. It's a little weird. (laughs) It's a little weird. But it doesn't take itself too serious. Like they know what type of story it is it's high fantasy but also super high fantasy it feels like a D show really it's it feels, it like, feels a like a live show. action I never felt like the willow movie was super high fantasy it, it was it was it had a lot of magic but i, I don't know there's something it didn't feel like it had elves or anything crazy like that oh I, there's uh oh they've introduced a couple like different races it's less elves and more uh uh People, I guess. It's like almost like the Game of Thrones vibe. But that's what I mean. It's not like there's elves yeah. and dwarves, but there is just this. There's trolls. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. But I've always, I remember from the movie, it was very lighthearted and it was, it took it, didn't take it tell it's super cheesy. seriously. I wouldn't, yeah, I it, cheesy and that not attempting to be cheesy. You go back, back and watch day. Willow now, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, this is campy as hell. Yeah. But it is delightful. But they kept that same energy here. It's, it's campy, but then also like one scene will be super campy. And then next, it's like people are getting like decapitated, and you're like, "Holy oh. shit!" Yeah. And then it goes back to like, okay, the doom and gloom, and then it goes into like a bit of a romance, and then it goes back into a funny moment. Interesting. And you get the weird dynamic between Willow and the Laura Dannon, because he basically had her like raised her as a baby. Yes. And then let her go, so she's growing up, and then he's still holding on to, oh, but you were such a like, you were, you were my such child. a nice kid. What happened? And she's like. <laughs> Who are you? So you you're, you can't like you know you're not my dad. Without spoiling too too much, Willow yeah. takes place 17 years after the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it leans a little bit more heavily into the Star Wars direction of Force Awakens, where okay. it puts a, a hard influence on 
uh, the new characters, the next generation, the next generation, mm-hmm. generation uh, without uh, overshadowing uh, the old cast. Interesting. Uh, it is a delight, uh, just like we spoke about earlier. It is young adult. Uh, it is a lot of them impatiently rushing off into an adventure mm-hmm. into uh, a world that is completely overwhelming. Or they, that they want did, adventure, but don't understand they, the cost yeah. of adventure. They never killed a man. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Uh, the cast itself is delightful, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's one of those ones where I would not, uh, I wouldn't sleep on. Willow is fun because they do those tropes of, in the first three episodes or so, they kind of march through the old locations of the movie, okay. the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. You get you get the castle attack, you get the haunted spooky dungeon, you get the you get the 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 journey. Yep, of yep. like the Lord of the Rings nonsense, and it's uh, it's fun, man. It's just a fun show. It's cheesy as hell, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around without spoiling it because it's not great. Okay, like Willow isn't Peter Jackson. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the first movie wasn't that great no. either. Even when it came <laughs> but out, when you watch it now, it's like this is fucking fun as hell. I think this what is I just fun. What I liked and what I wanted from it, and I haven't watched it, so it's what I'm hoping to get. I'm hoping you'll say the right things here. Uh, is there's a lot of doom and gloom in a lot of our shows. There's a lot of Game of Thrones where mm-hmm. there's death and terribleness all the time. This is refreshing. I, it's what I'm kind of I'm kind of in for a higher mood thing this here. This <laughs> is definitely that because it is Warwick trying to like most of the cast they're young they're under like twenty year olds you know so he's trying to wrangle these kids basically <laughs> and they're like I know better than you You're I not can my do real my own dad. thing yeah. and it's yeah. like no you don't understand like you idiots. Like, don't run off that way. And it's like, now I'm going to do what I want. Don't ever split the party. We're going to split the yeah. party. Oh, so fuck. Right. It's just the character development happens throughout, too, where they st- they eventually, like, you know, they, they kind of get more banded together. Yeah, the show takes a serious turn. Okay. It gets, it's super lighthearted and like, we're going to be good. We're going to beat all these guys. We're great. We're unstoppable. And then something happens. Okay. Right. And then you're like, ooh, we fucked up and we got to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is, is it is refreshing compared to Game of Thrones. Yeah. It is a breath of Good, fresh okay. air. It is fun. They don't really shoot on the dome. It's a lot of on location. It's a lot of sets. Okay. So it's just these huge wide shots of mm-hmm. like New Zealand and uh, Scotland and stuff where it's just like, those are my favorite parts of fantasy. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love these parts of fantasy. Uh, it, it does a thing where we'll talk about once you actually get into it, where they show derelict cities and they're almost alien. Oh, because they're from the past. Oh. Because they do the Wheel of Time thing, but it's not a skyscraper. They're like ancient civilizations. They're ancient civilizations, but it's not an ancient civilization like in Wheel of Time where it's just a skyscraper and a sewer and a subway station. Yeah, yeah. It's alien. It's weird. And it feels like it would have been an advanced ancient civilization, but just because of the way the fantasy has moved on, it's very dungeon. Oh, and that it's makes neat. sense. It's, it's neat. They do some really, really fun stuff. Uh, that I think is it for right now. I think Adam, unless uh, Amanda's got anything less to catch up on. Um, no, I think everything we talked about, like it's been a great year. Well, last it's been a year, fun year was a great year for fantasy in general, and I think it was because people knew that, or I don't know for sure, but with Witcher and like Rings of Power, I think it kickstarted all the others to want to now jump on the fantasy. Like it feels like a shift more from the uh, superheroes. superheroes. Yeah. Hopefully to get more into fantasy because superheroes has been on the top for like the last two decades. Yeah. We're it's cycling little, back around. Yeah. Like you said, it's refreshing to have these shows that don't take themselves too seriously. They're fun. They don't have to be overarching, crazy cinematic universe. Some of them are lore heavy. Some of them aren't. Um, I mm-hmm. say I'm excited for Lord of the Rings 
even though I didn't like season one, I will jump back in for episode one to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Visually, mm-hmm. it's a pretty show. Yeah, uh, Witcher. I'm. I love Henry Cavill. I cannot wait the to last see season. the last season of him. I <laughs> can't wait for them to end that show. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> It'll be a great end of it's season gonna three. It's going to be end of season three is the That's last it. season of Witcher. Well, I mean, Blood <laughs> Origins ain't doing well, so maybe. We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Adam, are you excited for anything else in uh, with the wrap-up of fantasy? Do you got any New Year's resolutions you want to talk about before we close out the show? No, but there is something that uh, might be viable, and we're probably not ready to talk about it yet, but I do want to make sure I spend more time watching more cartoons and anime this year. Yeah. Um, part of some of the stuff I watched in this last year really went, There are there's a field of anime that I have not given attention to that deserves my attention. Boy love, I got you. Uh, and I think, sorry? I said boy love, I got you. Boy love, yeah. Okay. Oh. I, I think that's why it needs it. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to focus on that a bit more. Let me there's recommend. There's a few I can recommend. Could you? Hmm? If only there was a place we could talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that's it for us, then I guess we're over and done with. Uh, For us at uh, Ronin Geek, you can check us out at Twitter at Ronin Geeker. I want to hear what your view is on these shows. Talk about what you like. Talk about what you didn't like. Bash on um, on Blood Origin. Talk about Lord of the Rings, how much you loved it. Talk about um, Legend of Vox Machina. Talk about Arcane. You can find us at ronin geekery if you want to play games with us it's not what we talked about today but if you want to do something like that and talk about games and bring in movies you can meet us at our discord links are down below and i will let rich talk about raised by spoilers raised by spoilers is a movie where we all get together and watch a cult movie the rule realistically is it's got to be at least five years or older so we don't really do anything new we don't really touch too too much on superhero films but we still like to dig our teeth into them every once in a while uh the cast is sitting in front of me. Yeah, some lovely people, uh, and we have a lot of fun. We get a little trivia, we get some facts thrown in, and uh, we recommend or try to watch stuff that isn't really popular or heard of, especially nowadays with all of these streamings. The idea is you get in. We're trying to recommend some weirder movies because you're going to open up a streaming service and you're just there's too many options. Mm-hmm. So I think our opinions kind of bounce around, and uh, we have a good time. It's definitely worth checking out. You can find us on podcasts. Now you can find us on YouTube. We're going to be on YouTube. We're working on it. We're working on YouTube. Raised by spoilers. Check it out, everyone. Thanks a lot for having me, Adam. Same. Thank you. Always a pleasure. It's been a great episode. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you next time.